0: Hello and welcome to Your Courageous Journey. This is Julie Faber,
1: And this is Julie Sickles. And we're here to talk with you today about one of my favorite topics. We're going to talk a little bit about something that I refer to sometimes as emotional memory. Sometimes I call it trauma memory, and sometimes I call it implicit memory. Those are all just different categories that it kind of falls into. But Julie and I were talking about Dave's episode and talking about kind of that shift and that healing that occurred for him. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about the process maybe of what was happening that helped him to heal from these experiences that he'd had earlier in his life. Usually when we think about memory we kind of think of our memory being kind of like a video tape right like a recording that we play back but memory is much more complicated than that and you can divide memory into kind of two different types. There's an explicit memory which is memory that you're purposely like trying to recall or you have a conscious awareness of the events that kind of took place. Like you might be able to think back to your last birthday and then Mm -hmm. remember kind of what happened during that time. But there's this other type of memory that's very present in our lives, very influential that we are not even aware of. Like 99% of people aren't even aware of this process that's happening. And that's implicit memory. And One type of implicit memory, this emotional memory, or I sometimes will use the word this trauma memory, happens when you have an experience where you have a strong negative emotional reaction. And this type of memory is stored differently. Rather than being stored as kind of like autobiographical or sequential and remembering the events, what it does is it remembers how you felt in that moment of greatest intensity of emotion.
0: Okay.
1: Right. Mm -hmm. So when you have it stored in that moment, it's not connecting with what happened after that moment of greatest intensity of emotion. Right. Like there's no resolution. So it's very much stored in a way that is very open ended, as if that situation that was causing that emotion never finished. Like, okay. to me it sounds like a horror story right like you're, <laughs> yeah, you're left China. stuck yeah. in the moment of greatest intensity and like the worst that you okay. felt your mind there's like an imprint in your mind of that moment okay
0: <clears throat> so i have a question for you i don't want to interrupt your flow but i have heard for this kind of emotional thing i guess it it like stores your memory in different places and it is kind of attached to senses is that true or not true Absolutely. Because when we talk about,
1: yeah, when we talk about emotion, we are Mm -hmm. talking about the sensory experiences that we're having in our body. Right. So Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we don't always talk about emotion and what it Mm -hmm. is, but emotions are actually like physical shifts and changes within like your nervous system and so forth. So you're going to feel different sensations in different parts of your body. And those shifts and those changes based on like hormones and chemicals in your body um, are are very subtle, right? We try and use these words to capture emotion, right? We might use mm-hmm. rage, we might use anger, we might use irritation. And they're like this continuum, right? Of right. like, I'm angry, but that doesn't necessarily capture the nuances of how it feels in our body. Okay. So yes, when we are having this implicit memory, it is this imprint in our brain of the experience that we're having in our body in that moment of greatest intensity of like the worst, when you feel the worst and it can get triggered. So I'm a very visual person. And so there's this visual that I like to use when I'm working with people. And I like to talk about how this is like for everybody, right? This isn't something for just someone who's severely traumatized. We all are experiencing emotions. So we all have this process going on every day influencing us and our behavior and our relationships, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And without an awareness of it, we're not able to know what to do about it. But once we do know, we're very empowered. So this emotional memory experience, what happens is when we're going through our day-to-day life, when we have a situation That in some way reminds us, you know, usually it's a sensory emotional experience that we have, right? If there's some kind of a similar emotional flavor to something going on, then what it does is it pulls that memory into my body. So the visual I like to use is we have all this implicit memory or emotional memory stuff. And I think of them like little strings dangling in your mind. Okay. So you have like, hundreds or thousands of these little strings like dangling in your mind and you're going throughout your day. And all of a sudden your mind yanks on one of them and it yanks it and it pulls that emotion and the emotion kind of floods into your body. Mm -hmm. Right. Like the big question is, well, what can we do about this? Right. Like, what do we do Mm -hmm. if we have this process happening? And actually, before I get into what do we do, I want to explain one more thing. So a really common thing that people have a habit of doing is that when they get upset, they tend to blame the other person. Okay. Right? I'm sure you and I have never done that, right?
0: Julie?
1: Never. <laughs> never ever. But when someone is doing or saying something that is upsetting to us, we'll say things like, You're making me angry, or why would you why don't you just do it this way or don't do that? Mm-hmm. And and we want to control them in order for us to not feel angry.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But in reality, what is happening is whatever's happening with you and the other person, you're having certain thoughts about it. And those certain thoughts are creating a certain emotion. And that emotion is actually bringing up past implicit memory. And uh, implicit memory can kind of cluster together, right? Mm -hmm. So when you have ones that are kind of similar, they get kind of all tied up in a bundle. And so you might yank on like a rope that has all Mm -hmm. those all together and pull this really big emotion into your body. And when you can understand that a strong emotional reaction in your present life is actually about implicit motion, and it's not about what the other person is doing, Mm -hmm. then you can take ownership and say, hey, I have a chance. I have an opportunity here to resolve my old stuff. Because once you resolve the old stuff, to me, it's like taking that string and tying it up into a cute little bow in your (laughs) mind. And it's not dangling and it can't get yanked. It can't get pulled. It can't, that Mm -hmm. emotional response can't get flooded back into your body anymore Mm -hmm. because it's all kind of tidied up. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what I wanted to talk about a little bit next is like, what do we do with that? How can we tidy this up? And I love Dave's story because we did see some hints within his story of ways that we can tidy up an experience in the past. Mm -hmm. So first of all, one thing that we know about memory is that it is extremely fallible. It's it's extremely weak. It's extremely inaccurate. Mm -hmm. A lot of us think that what we remember is exactly how something happened. But when people have studied the mind and the brain and taken a look at for instance, eyewitness accounts for crime. Yeah. The accuracy <laughs> of eyewitness accounts. Go look up the percentage sometime. It's crazy. It is insane. Like, it is, it oh, is I, yeah. very, very inaccurate.
0: I don't want to get started on our system, but it makes me sad because a lot of people get convicted. Yeah. Over things Inacurate like that. Inaccurate in, Inaccurate memory in, information, stuff yes, like that.
1: Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. So our memory is is actually very susceptible to being edited and changed. So
0: I have an example of this. When I was two, there's a story. Um, It's a real story. This actually happened. This isn't just from my memory. But we were on our way to daycare or something. I don't even know if I was two. It's probably eighteen months. Somehow my mom was pulling out of the driveway. It was just me and my older brother. And you've probably heard this story before, Julie. Yeah. (laughs) My mom had forgotten a diaper bag. She left. We were both in car seats. You know, she left the car in the driveway running. Right. This was back in the 70s. So, (laughs) you know, I think it was a safer time then. I I don't know. Anyways, she ran in real fast to get the diaper bag. By the time she came out, the car was gone. And she's like, what? She was. I mean, panic, sheer panic. I had climbed out of my car seat somehow, gotten into the front seat, grabbed the wheel, somehow got into reverse, started rolling backwards down the... And it was really slow. We didn't have a slope too much on the driveway. But I think I, like, yanked the steering wheel too hard or something. Everyone was okay. I think I I hit the car next to the, like, the next or neighbor's car or whatever or something and then a tree it was all i didn't even go into the street like yanked the wheel real hard i just went across the lawn anyways (laughs) so they tell that story so much Mm -hmm. and i have memory of that story okay i'm 18 months old i have memory of that story but i do question because do i actually have memory of that story or is it only because people just keep telling people keep telling it over and over and over again and my brother was freaking out he's like don't do it don't do it i told her not to drive you know and i'm just sitting here thinking like i had a a thought about the whole thing is that like what's the big deal mom and dad do this every day like (laughs) why are you (laughs) freaking out like i'm just driving a car it's not a big deal anyways that's my memory from the whole thing yeah
1: and and i think that's common there was one that i had growing up that i felt very misunderstood by my family because i really had this memory and they kept telling me that it didn't happen and that was when um i was young i had a cat named maui and maui got hit by a car in front Mm. of our house Hmm. and we ended up burying him and i was pretty young i feel like i was maybe four when Mm -hmm. it happened and i had a memory of maui's body like in the road Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and my mom told me later when i was older that she didn't want us to see him and so she and my older brother had taken maui right away and put maui in a box and gotten you know we buried him in the yard in the backyard and so she's like i know that you didn't see him right but my mind kind of filled in those blanks because i had always heard Mm
0: -hmm. the story
1: of how we Mm -hmm. lost our cat and okay and so i had a memory of it and i remember you know my family doesn't didn't understand about memory but i remember being a kid and people being like oh julie's just lying she doesn't remember that well i wasn't lying i it's not not, a
0: lie it's not a lie because i
1: i like had a memory of it because Mm -hmm. like just like you you'd heard that story i had Mm -hmm. heard the story And my mind had filled in that information. And I think especially Mm -hmm. because I'm so visual, right, it filled it in with a picture, like Mm -hmm. a picture of a cat lying at the side of the road, Mm -hmm. which I've probably seen cats lying at the side of the road, right? So I Mm -hmm. could imagine my cat in front of my house at the side Mm -hmm. of the road. Like I put Mm -hmm. all those pictures together and formed this bigger picture. Yeah. And it's not that I was lying. Just like with eyewitness accounts, when they're not accurate, it's not because people are lying or just trying to get someone in trouble or whatever. It's your mind can very much fill in those blanks. Um, It's
0: not a lie if you if your brain thinks it's true. A lie is where you know. You're purposely. Yes. You know it's not true. You're fabricating things. Like, that's where the deceit is. But yes. misremembering something is not the same thing as a lie.
1: Yes. So when I was in college and going through all of my training and learning about this stuff, mm-hmm. I was so relieved. I was like, whew. Right?
2: Like, mm-hmm.
1: I wasn't a liar when I was a kid. I just, you know,
2: yeah. <laughs> just yeah, remembered stuff. Like... <laughs>
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. And I... I've, Always been super careful, I like hate it if anyone says my kids are lying. I'm like, you don't understand developmentally, they can't lie when they're little. they don't understand that concept, like their yeah. mind isn't make believe, yeah. so they don't understand the difference between truth and lying right and um yeah, anyway,
0: uh, we're starting Sorry. to get <laughs> off get too sidetracked bit on Tangent. we do We just wanted fights. to talk about memory and how it works, and that yeah. it, you know it's not always reliable right, right, so. When we talk
1: about this emotional memory, um, you know, in addition to knowing that memory is very weak and able to be changed, I like to kind of say what we can do once we recognize that we've had this implicit or this emotional memory triggered, we can then begin to understand, oh, this is an opportunity for me to tie up a little string. So that i don't get triggered in this way again and the way that we do that is by editing the memory Okay. and in editing the memory it won't necessarily be like me and my memory of the cat where i have that memory and i think it's real when we go back and edit the memory it's almost like having another version of the story right like when you were in school when you were learning to write research papers you're always supposed to write the first draft and Mm -hmm. then you're supposed to edit, and then you're supposed to write the second draft, and then you're supposed to Mm -hmm. edit, and then you're supposed to write the third draft, and then you're supposed to edit, and then you're supposed to write the final draft, right? Mm -hmm. So what you're doing is you're just creating new versions Mm -hmm. of the events that happened, but when you do the editing, it ultimately will change how that memory is kind of encoded in your brain Mm -hmm. so that it no longer is left open with that sensory emotional experience so you will know that you've correctly or successfully edited a memory when you're able to recollect the events of that memory and you don't have that flood or that flush of emotion
0: emotion attached to it attached to it
1: like like it just fundamentally there's like a shift that happens in your body Mm -hmm. and I teach a process and therapy on how to do this and hopefully I'll get a book out soon about that Mm -hmm. but the feedback that I get each and every time is you were explaining it to me and it didn't make any sense like how can me just like (laughs) editing it or doing it a little bit different like make things change and then always at the end they're staring at me and they're like I cannot even believe how different I feel like this is so weird that I get that Mm -hmm. feedback yeah Every time. They're like, whoa. I think you and I did a session
0: like that once and it was the same thing. I'm like, wait a second.
1: (laughs) You're like, what voodoo is this? Yeah. (laughs)
0: Because it does.
1: It kind of feels like voodoo a little bit. It does. Because it's too simple. It's too simple. Yeah. Yeah. But just like Dave, right? Dave was able to change his perspectives Mm -hmm. about the past and in changing his perspectives about the past. It changed his emotions about the past.
0: Does that in and of itself, just the gaining a different perspective, is that like a way of editing? Yes.
1: So we can talk about a few different categories. I have some different categories of editing, and then I will give a suggestion for one type of editing exercise that's really easy to do. Mm -hmm. Okay. So definitely, I kind of call it updating our wisdom. (laughs) So as we are growing and hopefully learning, right, and becoming more mature and gaining more wisdom, we'll oftentimes gain greater perception and understanding about things that maybe happened in the past. Mm -hmm. But what can often happen because that trauma memory is stored in a different way, when we have those perspectives they're not tied and connected to that implicit emotion so mm-hmm. sometimes being able to tie that wisdom to that specific event mm-hmm. you kind of have to open up the memory have it open for at least 10 minutes and then make those connections
2: mm-hmm. what
1: i want people to know is there's hundreds and thousands of ways to do this it's very much a creative process mm-hmm. and so it's not like there's one or two or 10 right ways I'm talking Mm -hmm. hundreds and thousands because you can completely shift and change how you do it. Like I sometimes will make ones up on the fly for Mm -hmm. whoever's sitting in my office. So another one that's similar to that, but a little bit different is you can update the ending. Sometimes you'll have an event that happens and you had kind of a happy ending afterwards, Mm -hmm. right? Like maybe you're really upset about a test that you took. And then your parents talked to your teacher and they offered to let you do a retake. And then you like passed your test. But you still feel like a failure. That moment of Mm -hmm. I failed this test, I'm so stupid, is like stuck in your body. Mm -hmm. So you can then maybe connect, oh, I retook the test. Or you can connect, oh, but like later I found out that I have dyslexia. Right? Like, Mm, I'm not stupid. I'm actually very capable and I have a lot of strengths. And what you could do is you can then, you have to kind of open up that memory, but then you can tie like the better endings or the wisdom or the understanding that you have today to that to kind of wrap it up. So it's not stuck in that moment any longer.
2: Mm -hmm. And
1: we were talking about this yesterday, Julie. People will oftentimes be like, why are you still upset about that? That happened like 20 years ago. Mm. Right? Like, Just get over it. Have you ever Mm -hmm. heard that? Just get over it.
0: If I had a dollar for every time I heard that, (laughs) I'd have a lot of dollars.
1: A lot of dollars. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But the truth of the matter is that there is that part of our mind that doesn't discriminate between Mm -hmm. past and present and future. Mm -hmm. And the past is very much alive and well in our body. If you were to take Mm -hmm. one day... And just write out every time you had a strong emotional reaction, Mm -hmm. you would find a lot of the implicit memory stuff happening. (laughs) Yeah. A lot. A lot. It is very much influencing and affecting our day-to-day lives and our relationships.
0: Yeah. Well, if you think about relationships, this happens all the time. I mean, in any story you can hear of like a couple, you know, getting in a fight. You're just like my mom. You're just like your mom. You know, it's like all of these like emotions get tied in and it goes to that blame, right? Yes. Like I had this experience with my mother and you are now making me feel like I felt like with my mother. So therefore you are like my mother, you know, even (laughs) like the emotions the same, but it's not, it's not the same situation. It's not the same person, you know, that's, that's kind of how I think of the. Of emotional that. memory, and yes. people get so mad because it's not fair to be compared to somebody else, yeah. You yeah. know, and
1: it's not fair that that person has the, all of those feelings that they have about the other person and all the unresolved stuff with the other person is now directed mm-hmm. at you,
0: yeah. That's yeah, that's sad. yeah, yeah. Well, I think people use that as a weapon too, they do it intentionally because. Most people, I don't think, really want to be like their mother. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I mean, my mother is wonderful. And most of our mothers, they're just wonderful people. But they also, because they're so close to us, and because, the, you know, they're the ones generally who raise us, not always, but I think we, we see everything. We see the good and the bad, the flaws and whatever. Yes. Like, well, and you know, I think it's
1: a hard <laughs> process to see the flaws, too, because when we're young we look up to them and we think they're Mm -hmm. the end-all be-all and they know everything. And they know
0: everything. They have all the answers.
1: It can be a hard fall when you're like, oh Mm -hmm. my gosh, my Mm -hmm. mom is just human. (laughs) Like She's really, Mm -hmm. she's not perfect. Mm -hmm. She doesn't know everything. Yeah. Yeah. And some people go the other direction. I mean, I do want to say like, there are some really, 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 really bad moms out there. Mm -hmm. Really, you know. Oh Yeah really not good moms, but for the most part, a lot of moms just want to try to do well. And none of us are gonna do it perfectly. Mm -mm. We're all gonna make mistakes. And that affects children. There's a lot of, you know, I think moms do get a bad rap because (laughs) they're around their kids so much. And Mm -hmm. so you get a lot of this emotional memory stuff from your mom, because she isn't perfect. Mm
2: -hmm. An
1: adult is going to take responsibility how they're processing that information and mm-hmm. learn how to update, right? Just like I have to update the apps on my phone if I want to use them and I want them to work correctly. We have to update our mind.
2: Yeah. We have to
1: update that information.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's what this process is. It's learning how to update.
0: Yeah. I really like those words that you use, the updating and the editing, and especially now the day and age today of technology everywhere. You know, it just makes sense. I think
1: it does. It does. So a a couple other categories that we can use to edit, you know, we talked about like tying it to a happy ending, you know, Mm -hmm. adding in like current perspective and wisdom. Mm -hmm. Another one that you can do, which is probably one of my favorite ones is you can actually create a new ending a different ending. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you don't have a happy ending to something, or sometimes you just don't remember. Like some of these are kind of really early life experiences.
0: I think so, you and I did this one.
1: We probably did because it's my yeah. favorite. Yeah. I, it's
0: so fun. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> it's so fun. We le- And we've always liked to create stories together. So we I probably know, totally yeah, this did this true. one.
0: Well, we, we did stuff like that. When we would tell our scary stories, I would start to change it because I would feel scared and I would start to change it <laughs> the ending because I'm mean, like, this is too scary. I mean, this is too
2: scary. <laughs> Anyways,
0: continue.
1: Yes. Yes. So th- some people are kind of more like literal and and they really struggle with
0: Creativity. we're going to make
1: something up that's not real. Like that's not true.
0: That's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But
1: that's not the point. The point is if we make up a story about it and your mind remembers The beginning and then, you know, what we added to it, Mm
2: -hmm. it doesn't
1: take away maybe from what we remember before, but it adds this new addition, it adds this new Mm -hmm. version, it adds this Mm -hmm. new revision, Mm -hmm. and it shifts our feelings. It just does. And so that one... I found works really well and Mm -hmm. if you can be creative and fun it's really fun a lot of times we want to avoid these painful moments because we feel it in our body and what I'm trying to say is we don't have to feel it fully in order to edit it we can edit it and it can be a fun process and then we can feel better and then we don't have the string that can be pulled anymore in our mind which is like amazing it's fantastic Um, and then another category that I really like to use too, which is also kind of creative, is to do some kind of erasing or vanishing
0: exercise. Is this the slay your dragons thing? Slay.
1: That's one way to do it. I've, I okay. have a lot of different ways that I've done it, but okay. Yes, I, w- I wanted to share a specific one that, that people can use on their own. Okay. The one that you're talking about, Julie, I refer to as write and burn or slay your dragons. Yeah. Maybe you should describe it a little bit. You know about slay your dragons.
0: Yeah, slay your dragons. So, you know, I think most people have heard there's even a song about it that Megan Trainer has a song out right now or she talks about this love is bad for me my therapist told me to write you a letter, you know, and I think that's a strategy that a lot of people use is write a letter if you really have the strong emotion, you know, to somebody, you write it to them. Yes. But don't send it. Then you like shred it or throw it away or whatever. Yes. And so that's pretty much what it is. You just take um I know you used to do it every day mm-hmm. with your kids and stuff. Mm-hmm. And you would just go through the day and just write out all the th- the bad things that happened, you know? And yeah. so it would write Yeah, them there's, all a- out, and there's and there's a lot of different it.
1: Yeah, a lot of different ways that you can do it. I usually just start out by just saying, I am feeling, and then I can Mm -hmm. write all my emotion words. And then I just do kind of free writing. When I do it with my kids when they were younger, I would have them do a picture. I'd have them Mm -hmm. draw a picture of whatever they were feeling upset about. Mm -hmm. And then the key, the key part, which is really, really hard for some people, is to destroy it. And I like Mm -hmm. to call it write and burn, because honestly, burning something is i think almost everybody's favorite i think unless they had their house burned down and they're traumatized like (laughs) most people really enjoy a fire there's just something
0: there's something about it there's something
1: enjoyable about watching flames Mm -hmm. so what i did is i just bought a metal bucket off of amazon Mm -hmm. and we stuck it on our back porch and we would sit down at night and everyone would we'd set the timer for like five minutes or seven minutes and Mm -hmm. everybody would write or draw Mm-hmm. And then you kind of crumple it up a little bit. You don't want it too tight. It doesn't burn as well if it's super small. So mm-hmm. kind of loosely yeah. crumple it. We throw it in the, in the bucket and light it on fire and watch it burn and just let it go. Mm-hmm. But I can't tell you how many people have asked to do that. And they come back and they're like, well, it didn't work. And then I ask more detail. Like, well, so mm-hmm. what did you do? Well, I wrote it all out. And then what did you do? Well, I, I just felt weird about burning it. <laughs> <laughs> Like, that's why you don't, that's why you don't feel better. You're holding holding on to all of that negativity, right? So, so the point is we want to show our mind in some way that this thing that was real went away. It's gone, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? It burned up or it dissolved or whatever. And I like the physical tangible because I feel like it works for a lot of people. What you're doing mm-hmm. is you're taking that emotion that's inside you that you mm-hmm. feel but you can't like touch the emotion.
2: Mm-hmm. You're
1: pulling it up and out of you
2: mm-hmm.
1: onto the paper. You know, you're you're writing all of this emotion and these experiences and these thoughts that you're having. And what was once, once intangible is now tangible. You mm-hmm. can touch the paper. You can see the paper. You can smell the paper. If you want, you could taste it,
2: mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. it's
1: right there in front of you. Mm-hmm. And so your mind is like, oh, my gosh, this is real. Yeah. And I think that process is important of acknowledging and validating your emotions. I don't think mm-hmm. we do that in our culture very well for ourselves or for other people. And so that process in and of itself saying, like, I have this emotion and now I can see it and it's real and I can hold it in my hands. Mm -hmm. And then you take it and you crumple it and you burn it. Or let's say you shred it. You put it through a paper shredder or you Mm -hmm. cut it up or you, you know, like tear it into pieces and flush it down the toilet. Like your mind is then able to see what was real and what was inside me is now gone. Mm -hmm and it lets your mind let go. And when you do that exercise, you can feel it in your body. You can feel this like shift and this change and it's very powerful, very powerful. And it's just one way, you know, writing is just one way of thousands mm-hmm. of ways that yeah. we can make these shifts and in in these changes in our emotional memory. I mean, it's why therapy has been around for over a hundred years. Mm -hmm. right because it taps into those different there's so many different therapies right and so many of them are just tapping into this process of changing emotional memory by updating Mm -hmm. it by editing it in some way Mm -hmm. but it's not rocket science when you understand the basic concepts
2: yeah
1: right like i have to open this up i need to have it open for 10 minutes and then I need to edit it in some way. I just gave you a whole bunch of different categories of ways you can edit it. And then I tied it up.
0: Yeah. Well, when we go back to Dave's interview, he seemed to be very blown away at how easy the forgiveness came after he was carrying that-, that bag of rocks for his entire life. You I know. know. I know. And he's like, and then it was just gone. And I think... That's exactly what happened to him because he finally stepped outside of himself and went and got kind of a little bit of a perspective from his mom's side, from his mom's point of view. He was like, I think that was the way for him, the the editing, you know, of the memories and things that had happened.
1: Yeah. And rather just seeing her as this monster who harmed him and his siblings, he saw her as someone who who didn't have a choice Mm -hmm. on the struggles and the challenges that she was given, right? Mm -hmm. She was doing the best she could with her schizophrenic mind. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And that wasn't her fault Mm
0: -hmm. that
1: she had schizophrenia. She Mm -hmm. didn't choose to have schizophrenia. Right. She didn't choose to not be able to maybe understand reality the way Mm -hmm. that it is. Yep. Um,
0: I kind of attribute that to the having a different ending.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, it's very similar, right? Whereas he was writing this story this way for so long. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, wait, no, this,
1: this story is like this. This, this was right. happening
0: the the whole time. So yes. it, it was a shift. It was a, you know, a different ending, a different way to yeah. think about it. So.
1: Yes. And what I like to Mm -hmm. talk about is like, what is the more helpful way to talk to think about it? What is Mm -hmm. the more helpful perspective? There's so many perspectives that we can take on any given situation. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And oftentimes we are taking perspectives that don't help us and they don't help the other person and they don't help the relationship. Mm -hmm. And we actually can have control Mm
2: -hmm.
1: over which one we can choose. Like maybe not initially automatically, Uh, you know automatically our mind kind of fills in meaning of the events that happen but later on we can take a look at it and we can make a decision on like is the way that I'm thinking about this helping me right now or is Mm -hmm. the way that I'm thinking about this causing me more problems Mm -hmm. and if it's causing problems it might be a good idea to hit the update button on that exactly on that app (laughs) Mm -hmm. right like you have an app it's not working for you Uh I think you need to update it. (laughs) I was on the IKEA app just yesterday. I had to update it first before it worked for me. Yeah. Yeah. So time to update your app, guys. Mm -hmm. I love
0: that. That's (laughs) really good. Yeah. I think this was great. If you have any questions, you can definitely ask us. There's so much to go on with this. Like there's a million things that popped into my head. I'm not even going to talk about them right now because julie and i would go on and on forever (laughs) um but thanks for listening
1: yep and we'll see you next time on your courageous journey bye-bye